The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Cody Bellinger was a huge bargain in fantasy leagues this year. Was he even the best bargain on his own team? We'll discuss that. We'll break down the playoff races and talk about 2023 bargains. Where do they go in 24? All coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the final Tuesday night podcast of the 2023 season. Not ever, just of this season. Fred and I need a break. We're going to get it, but we love doing this, and uh, we might even squeeze in a couple of extra off-season ones. Who knows? Uh, but uh, for now, let's uh, talk about what's going on. Fred, first of all, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm a little disappointed since Jordan Romano ruined the Blue Jays game, but other than that, uh, I'm great. Not again. He seems mm-hmm. like he's doing that more lately. Yep, he's picking the wrong time of the year to have a slump, for sure. He's he's almost like directly cost them two games here in the last few days, so... Um, you know, I mean, tonight they may not have won anyways. They didn't score any runs. That usually gives you a pretty low chance of winning. So yeah, but, at home, no less against yeah. Johnny Brito. Well, like another King friends. part of it, but but King yeah. walked five, but King walked five batters and they couldn't capitalize. So um, yeah, so I mean, I'm not totally blaming Romano. He was just the the last nail in the coffin. The fact they didn't score any runs in nine innings is really the main reason that they didn't win tonight. So, anyways, and the main reason why they're in this point, like not having salted away the division or the division, or let alone a wild card spot mm-hmm. uh, by this point already. I mean, maybe yep. not division, but they're, I mean, hell, they're 87 and 70. But if they if they hit like we expected them to hit, they would be like a 95 win team easily, and they'd be right yep. there in the thick of the AL East race. Yep, for sure. So at this point, I'm just hoping they get in. I don't care if they play the Rays. I think that's fine. The Rays have lost a lot of pitching. Now they've lost Brandon Lau. So, you know, I mean, they're not 100%. They've always done well against the Blue Jays, but whatever. I'll take my shot at the Rays. That's fine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, so- instead, I, I don't know if Rays versus taking a shot at the Twins, like, I don't know if it's that much different. Like I said, the Rays have lost a lot of pitching. I, I think it's about the same. So. Yeah. Anyways, I just I just hope they get in. Uh, I still think they will. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I felt that. like going into the week they needed to win two games out of the six. So now they got to win two out of five. Yeah, and the good news for them is you know Texas and Seattle play each other over the weekend. Uh, yeah. You're hoping that Texas still has the division to win, so they have something to play for. Um, that might be the thing. I mean, they're losing tonight, yeah. so 
let's yeah. let's set the table here. Uh, Rays have obviously clinched a wild card spot. They still could win the division, although with uh, Baltimore winning tonight, that's looking less and less likely. But they're nine and a half up on the third wild card. They've clinched. They're the number one wild card with a bullet. The Jays are number two. Uh, they've got a one game lead over the Astros, who are scoreless in the second right now. And the Mariners are one and a half behind the Astros. They're playing each other, obviously. Uh, so, I mean, and that's the thing that benefits you the most. The Mariners have to play the Houston and Houston and Texas. Uh, just that's huge. And, and Houston spitting the bit over the weekend, getting swept by the Royals. I mean, yeah. what great fortune that was for your Jays. Yeah, although it did push them into that matchup against the Rays, uh, if that matters. But anyways, uh, yeah, there, I, like the yeah, for though, sure. Right? I think you just get there. The series are so short in the first round. It's possible the Blue Jays don't need to win any other games. Like, we'll see how Seattle does this week. Like, between Houston and then Texas, if Seattle doesn't come around here, like, let's say they win one game against Houston, one game against Texas, it won't really matter what the Blue Jays do this week. But that's, the to me, the big story is kind of the ups and downs of Seattle. Actually, the ups and downs of Texas, too. Like, Texas really bottomed out. Now they've come roaring back. Um, it feels like they almost, like, sweep or get swept all the time. And then Seattle had that great run fueled by Julio Rodriguez to jump all the way up, you know, mm-hmm. ahead of the Jays and ahead of Texas at one point. And now they, they've come way back down to earth and can't seem to get a win lately. So Lost uh, four in a row. We've really seen like with these teams, I feel like the national league teams have more just like plotted along, you know, win four games a week, win four games a week, win three games a week, win four games a week. Whereas I feel like the American league teams have had these big swings where it looks like Houston's going to take control of the division. And then, yeah, like you said, like swept by the Royals, like the Jays lost four to Texas, then won three against Boston, Texas wins four against the Jays and gets swept by Cleveland. Like it just, Texas sweeps Seattle. It seems like there's been these wild swings. So maybe we've got one more wild swing in us this week. I will just say that I hope one of these races comes down to Sunday. Yeah. I, think that, I mean, we're all going to be also watching football Sunday. I get it. Like, it's not quite the same. I really like the year where baseball, I think the last day was a Thursday night. Do you remember that that year? Yeah, it was, it was everybody played at the same time. I thought uh, it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was It was a blast. It was, maybe it was, Wednesday. Uh, it was the I don't Rays know, Red Sox, right? Where yep. they came down to yes. that. And I think Evan Longoria homered, I want to yeah. say. Now down that, like the right down the line, left field line with that little short wall. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I thought that was fun because like like I said, like I really hope it does come down to Sunday. And if it does, like I will be following along. But realistically, like a lot of America locked football on Sunday. It would have been cool if it was, if it, if it all came down to even a Monday with just the Monday night or like if it all came yeah. down to or like I said, like a Wednesday, we did Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday to finish the season. And that might, that would have been cool. It all ended on a Wednesday. So anyway, I know I, I think so too, but they want the playoffs to run unopposed, uh, yeah. the start of the playoffs to run up unopposed as opposed to the regular season. I mm-hmm. suppose that makes sense. Cause first of all, the playoffs, you know, you know, that that's heightened set drama. You don't know if you're going to have drama in any given year. Sometimes For you sure. don't, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't want to waste that, 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 you know, so on a regular season game that doesn't have drama, like I think it was either yeah. last year or the year before that was the case, kind of. Yeah, this year sure. I feel like we're gonna have it not for any, you know, but the funny thing is, it's not for like divisions for the most part. If you look at the like the divisions, like the rate the Rays are two and a half back of the Orioles, the Astros are two and a half back of the Rangers. Mm-hmm. That's it, it's all about the wild card, which means you're talking about flawed teams for the most part. Here, speaking of flawed teams, let's look at the National League. 
the Phillies aren't that flawed. They just clinched tonight. They're six games ahead of the the pack, the, the third wild card. They walked it off against the Pirates, three to two in extra innings. Um, Pirates played everybody hard down the stretch, uh, mm-hmm. including my Reds over the weekend. I don't want to talk about that uh, too much, but they're the they're the top eliminated team right now in the National League at seventy four and eighty three. But the Diamondbacks are about to win. That'll put them a, a full game up on the Cubs for the second wild card spot. The Cubs. I, I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but they just had Seiya Suzuki's whiff on that fly ball in the eighth inning against mm-hmm. the Braves, completing the six, comeback from a six nothing deficit. Uh, wow. I, I, you probably you might remember this. You're old enough to remember it, but you remember when Brant Brown dropped a fly ball against the uh, against the Brewers. To, to cause Rod Beck to lose a save and cause the Cubs to have to play an extra game to get into the playoffs? Um, no, okay. I do not. I probably, I probably am old enough to remember, but I don't remember that specific yeah, play. I remember that specific play because it won me a fantasy league because it cost Rod Beck a save. Oh, um, so, you know, with with that, if he would have gotten that save, would have uh, finished. We would, I think I would have, I, I think I would have lost like a, there was like a three-way tie for saves and he would have got, gained like a point and a half because of that and okay. didn't. So I'll forever finally remember Brant Brown, even though no one else will finally remember that play, but <laughs> I'll remember that play. But Suzuki, I mean, I cannot believe he, he did that. He I either lost in the lights, took his eye off it, heard footsteps, completely whiffed on the fly ball, just didn't even touch it. Um, and it wasn't like he was running and didn't get there. He just whiffed it. He was standing underneath and it went behind him. Um, so yeah, that that was huge. So Cubs are still the third wild card, yep. uh, but they are only have a half game over the Marlins, who got rained out tonight, and one and a half over the Reds, who won on a big, you know, surprising slugfest in Cleveland. Uh, the Giants and Padres haven't officially been eliminated, but they're they're trending towards that, you know, hurtling down that. In fact, I think uh, loser might get eliminated here tonight. So we'll see what happens with that because they play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Diamondbacks just officially won, so they won fifteen to four on that. Um, yeah, that Marlins rain out really throws a wrench in a lot of people's plans. Uh, you know, people are hoping to get two steps out of Braxton Garrett. Um, instead, uh, they're going to get one now, uh, so they got to make up a double header. Uh, you know, it, it's still the Cubs, the Cubs should have, you know, they've got a plus 100 run differential, Fred, and they're like hanging for dear life mm-hmm. for the last wild card spot. Yeah. Um, I still think it'll be the Cubs, but. Uh, like if you look at their remaining schedule, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the more I look at it, maybe Braves it and, Braves and Brewers. Like the Braves aren't playing for anything, but they're still playing the regular. The most part, Bre- the Brewers aren't playing for anything this weekend. They just clinched tonight when the yeah. Cubs lost. Um, so, so and the yeah, looking at the Marlins, like they've got Mets and Pirates. You mentioned the Pirates have been playing teams tough, and they'll try all the way down the stretch. I don't know. I want it to be the Cubs. I don't really want it to be the Marlins. I want it to be the Reds. That's I know awesome. you want to be the reps uh, among the two teams, <laughs> I guess at the top who are the closest. I wanted, I would rather it be the Cubs than the Marlins. I just don't find this Marlins team very interesting. I, was I know texting, they can, I know they can pitch a bit, but yeah, I was texting with Scott Jenstad speculating how many people had Ellie Daly Cruz on their bench. Cause the Reds only have five games this week. He's been mm. slumping batting seventh, eighth or ninth. Uh, only two games in that half week in the NFBC. Yep. 93% active in the uh, NFBC okay. main event. So most people s- still got the benefit of that massive night tonight. Yeah, I wonder if some of those maybe unattended teams that just didn't bother to take them out. Who knows? This late Probably. season, right? Didn't not- have better alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, or just not in the not really in the race anymore, and you're not gonna overmanage or 
or yeah, or like you say, didn't have better alternatives. But anyways, okay, there you go. Ninety still in ninety three percent of lineups. Yeah, that Saturday night game for the Reds. Oh, that's gonna haunt me. Mm-hmm. I mean, every every loss matters the same, but that one just feels like oh, that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of killed the chances there a little bit there. Mm-hmm. So, any other playoff observations before we get to the our main topic? No, I don't think so. I think I'm ready. You ready? I'm excited about this main topic. More excited I've been about any of our topics for a little while. So. I was just going to say more excited you've been in a long time because you just yeah. been, yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we do that, uh, we're on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, those of you listening live, didn't have to wait very long. Those of you who are listening uh, wherever you get your podcast, thanks for that. We've been happy to be on Blue Wire all season long, last couple seasons. Their studios in Vegas are awesome. They're good people. We like them. Uh, let's talk about our topic here. And it, it's I love the idea. You came up with it, so why don't you explain it to the listening audience? Sure. So we're going to go rapid fire. So this doesn't end up being a two-hour podcast, kind of a minute, a minute and a half per team. And we're going to name the best value pick from each team. We're going to use the Rotowire earned auction value calculator. And it's going to be 
this is rapid fire and we and we and honestly it is unplanned so we'll look at the earned auction value ca calculator i think you and i both did enough drafts back in the spring that we have a pretty good read for roughly where these players went in their drafts we're going to name who we think see if we agree on the best value pick or value free agent uh from a team from each team and then we'll go alphabetical order and then um, we'll just quickly mention kind of where we think that person will go in drafts next year. That could be like a round that we think they'll go in, or it could be more like, um, you know, if it's a pitcher, it could be like where we think they'll slot into like SP2 on teams next year or something like that. So anyways, that's the plan. All right. I like it. So let's start with, we'll go alphabetical Arizona. Yeah. Uh, who is the bargain in, in Arizona? Uh, who, who's the best bargain for them? Is it, is it Merrill Kelly? Is it that we didn't pay enough for Corbin Carroll? Uh, I mean, we already kind of extensively talked about where Corbin Carroll goes next year. That's why I kind of was going to steer it elsewhere. Is it Christian Walker, who we just didn't believe in? Yeah, those are all good candidates. And I probably is Carroll because he's basically a first round pick who got taken in about the fourth round. But uh, since we've talked about him a lot, I think I'm going to mention Merrill Kelly, who like a $13 pitcher who you could get around pick 250. Um mm -hmm. So that's a like a tremendous value with where pitching went during main event season. And he's just kind of one of those. So he's, he's another example of like, you know, sometimes boring veterans can have great seasons and, you know, yeah. boring veterans can be great value picks. It's not like every boring veteran just meets his expectations. Although I feel like he mostly did maybe slightly exceeded them with a 337 ERA, but um, yeah, 29 starts, 182 strikeouts. I think next year, because he's a boring veteran, he's like a, an SP4. Yeah. Maybe uh, not even, maybe even a five. Yeah. A word uh, on, on our, uh, you mentioned that the, the dollar amount, and I think that's, it's worth mentioning here a little bit here because I think our default is set at 70% of our, our auction budget is set on hitting. Obviously that's our auction budget. It's not necessarily how, you know, it, it, it in fact, I know it's not how, how much they're worth. So Kelly's actually been worth more than that. But I just that's the default. So I just set it at 60 and he's worth 17 bucks. So he's even a little bit more boring. But let's face it, you're gonna have to pay that 38 for Corbin Carroll or more. You're not gonna have to pay this the full 17 on Kelly in a mixed mixed auction draft. So that's why we set it at 70 as the default. But uh just for like discussion point purposes, there it's it's really should be 50-50. Uh, if you think about it, five categories right. for pitching, five categories for hitting when determining earned values, maybe not bid values. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you and Great. I are both kind of wonks as far as we, as that we do our own projections, evaluations, yeah. et cetera. So, all right, Atlanta. Okay. Let's move on to Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, Acuna is a, is a, a bargain yeah. at 1.1. Yeah. but I think assuming we're not going to say Acuna because you couldn't have picked him really any higher. Yeah. Uh, I think this one is Marcelo Zuna because he was a late round pick in most drafts. And we're talking about someone who has earned, uh, you know, the default on the earned auction value is $19. Uh, uh, going back and looking at his ADP. Oh, I got to really go scrolling here from his, uh, ADP from the 327. I just just did all drafts after March 1st uh, in the NFPC. So someone yeah. you basically were picking around your bench was basically a $20 player as 30 went into tonight with 36 home runs. Um, yeah, he like one. Of, I think he's one of the better, you know, round 20 something picks this year. Obviously, one of the things I like to do is just sort by like main event. 
because that that'll encompass okay. the date and it's also like 15 teams it's 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 even sure. later in march uh yep. so yeah 302 on, on in the main event uh so go. yeah point is he was a huge bargain uh, you could make an argument for matt olson it was a huge yep. bargain at pick 46 he was a top five player uh where does matt olson go by the way next year i think round two i think round two i think early in round two okay what do that's you think fair. yeah i think that's i think that's about right and that was with a 15 team mindset so i'm gonna say somewhere between say picks 15 and 20 okay um how about this quick lightning answer jordan alvarez or matt olson next year it's not very quick. I'm going to say Alvarez, but man, the injury history is enough to push it down a little bit. But I, I'm starting to go kind of Olsen. I know Alvarez because he can hit for higher average, probably the higher ceiling, but mm -hmm. just Olsen, the lineup. I, Houston's lineup's fine. Atlanta's is, is ridiculous. And um, like you said, it's the, the health concerns. Anyways, I think so. I think those types of players, Alvarez, Olsen, come off the board after the five category studs come off the board. That's like well, yeah, because neither runs at all. Like, not that's a right. Lick. So you're probably kind of looking at pairing him with a runner right around the turn, something like that. I think that's what will happen in a lot of drafts. Baltimore, no shortage of options here. I think I'm going Kyle Bradish. Eight shutout innings tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's a guy that we got really, really, really late last uh, this draft season. Maybe not as late as Ozuna, but still actually pretty close, actually. Pick 293 uh, in the main event. Uh, man, you had to be patient with Bradish. That first month of the season wasn't good. He was hurt. Uh, still, he's now at 29 starts. At the ratios are he's going to go sub three after this start, sub 107 on whip. You're going to get a lot of K's. Yeah, he, he he really has blossomed. Can we buy into that in the future? So the strikeout rate's just okay. Um, the team context is awesome. Um, yeah, he's had one good year. He's young. Like I'd say in, in comparison to him and Merrill Kelly, who actually had similar seasons, um, I think Bradish will go just by age, potential upside. I think he'll go, I, I don't know if he has that much more upside really than Merrill Kelly, but I think he'll go two or three rounds earlier. That, that's probably that's kind of right because I think I, people are going to perceive Baltimore as a better place to pitch, yeah. and that's probably true. Arizona is a good place to pitch, though, but uh, may not the team may not be as good. Interesting fact on Baltimore on the default earned auction value calculator, he is the only starter on the team with more than five dollars earned, and the second yeah. one is Tyler Wells, who hasn't pitched so, in two months, hasn't pitched yeah. in forever. So for it's a, it's remarkable that for a team that's won so many games. Um, you know, after him, Dean Kramer, Kyle Gibson, these guys have 12 and 15 wins. So it's not wins that's cheating them out of this spot. It's that they haven't been, they they're not good. good. If yeah, they, they were in a, ratios. if they were in a, a, a neutral or hitters park, which is what Camden used to be, mm -hmm. they'd probably be out of job. I that's mean, right. Yeah. This, this is why, this is why the AL is wide open. At 46 for crying out loud. Yeah. This is why the American league's wide open. You know, the team in first place. You look at that rotation and you're like, oh, this, this team is far from a lock to go deep into the playoffs. But they yeah. might, but they're far from a lock. Yeah, but Grayson Rodriguez is going to be a lot better next year. So yep, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. one of those where you Does kind of Grayson Rodriguez go before Kyle Bradish? Yes. Not, yeah, probably. Just yes. Uh, the, the strikeout upside, the, yep. the, the pedigree, all that. And the old uh, theory of it only takes one. It just yeah. takes one person in the room to be like, I got to have Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah. Honorable mentions that Anthony Santander and Gunnar Henderson. Yep. 
for sure. Uh, after Henderson was a first half bust, he's been a second half stud. Uh, 27, 81, 10, 98. Uh, that'll, that'll pay some bills. Uh, and then sure. Santander, another guy, he was just, he was in, he was just a guy. And when it came to the for, okay, yeah, he's getting playing time. Yeah. He's got some power. Oh, he homered in the world baseball classic. I better bump him up around fine, but you're getting way beyond that. Um, yeah, he's doing what we are hoping Ryan Mountcastle could do. Yep. For sure. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. And an honorable, honorable mention to Ryan O'Hearn, <laughs> who's actually been a, uh, cromulent player this year he has been he's been one of those guys you grabbed off waivers and he can just be your outfield your fifth outfielder yeah in a 15 team league yep all right uh boston red sox for me i think one of the easiest ones super easy justin turner right yeah justin turner for sure picked around 250 uh another example that boring veterans although i can't say he had like some sort of career year anything he actually just did like the high end more like the high end of his projection hitting 23 home runs was pretty unexpected for him. I think most of us had him pegged more as like a 15 homer guy. Um, that spurred on, he's at 95 RBIs. He could get to 100 RBIs if he has a nice finish to the season. I don't think we saw that coming with Justin Turner at his age. So And added bonus, three positions, first, yeah. second, and third. I, yeah. That's huge to get Absolutely. that. Um, yep. I mean, in season like that, to have that ability to maneuver guys around, yep. I, I that is so massive when, especially yeah. trying to get healthy guys, you know, maybe someone else, you can move someone else to outfield because you can plug them in in every position. Now he's not going to have second or third next year. Um, that, that, right. that's the caveat. Uh, most of his games this year have been at DH 39 games at first, 10 at second, seven at third. He just had the grandfathered 66 last year at third base and then barely got to 10 at second base. He got it at the right time though. He got it early. Uh, just hasn't played there lately. For sure. And, and on Boston, when you look at them, there's no one else who's even a candidate for this spot. Like there's a few guys who returned a little bit of surplus value, but yeah. yeah, yeah, but nothing, nothing, no one else, you know, from other teams we've talked about, maybe three guys who have all been plus $10, you know, Boston's just, just Turner. So they yeah. they have a lot of guys who just kind of roughly met expectations. And, and you so won't even have to pay that team. much more than them next year is the funny oh, no. thing. No, at his age, like no way. Yeah, most people will project some serious regression. Yeah, uh, yeah. and he's old. I mean, yeah, yeah, old yeah. doesn't run. Yeah, you're you're still going to pay like 200, 175 at most. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, um, prove me wrong, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those where you can definitely uh, uh, you, you don't have to pay. You, you definitely aren't going to have to pay that much there. So, mm-hmm. anywho, uh, let's move on to the Cubs, where there are no shortage of contenders. I mean, you can make a case for Bellinger. You can make a case for Horner. You can make a case for, for Justin Steele. Mm-hmm. I, there were people on Steele. I heard some some chatter. I wasn't on him, unfortunately. Uh, so I can't ca- claim a whole lot of credit. I won't do any uh, Steele victory laps. Um, but Bellinger and Horner, massive, massive wins for their uh, fantasy managers. Yeah, Bellinger especially. So I kind of narrowed this one down to Bellinger and Steele. Horner actually has an earlier ADP in the main event by about 45 picks to Bellinger. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So, so Bellinger and Steele. So Bellinger went about a hundred picks before Steele and returned about 10 more dollars in value. So, you know, you can decide whether you think the extra hundred picks is worth the $10. There's a hitter there and there's a pitcher there. Like you said, you can play with your induction value calculator and Steele probably is up. If I was going to pick one of them, I think I would actually pick Steele. Um, getting someone with 16 wins and a three ERA um, from about pick 
250 um, or sorry, 300 around pick 300 as a yeah. starting pitcher. Like that's a huge value. So I think that would be my pick. We've talked about steel a little bit. I think he goes as a like late two next year, early three. SP yeah. Um, and I haven't done SP rankings yet. This is just me kind of, and S and starting pitcher values have changed a lot this season, but that's just kind of me ballparking and feeling it out. Well, and because we haven't had so many windfall pitchers this year, we yep. haven't had the extreme outlier pitcher stats like we've had in the past, uh, yep. probably because of the rule changes and maybe just as uh, just a cyclical sort of thing too. I think there's something to that too, but point is, I think more of our windfalls are, are, League winners. We're going to do 30 league winners here. I should have titled the podcast 30 league winners. That, that would have been thinking, uh, you know, because, yep. you know, we're, we're all about catching eyeballs in uh, September 26 <laughs> in terms of just yeah, clickbait. So, <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah, I, I do think that that's why I lean on lean towards steel too. Now, what do you do with Bellinger next year though? How Hurley are you willing to take Cody Bellinger? Um, round. Uh, four. What do you think about that? I think that's in a right. fifteen. I always think a fifteen team. Yeah, yeah. Four. Let's stipulate that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, We always you kind of use fifteen teams as our yeah. uh, starting. Point I'll say there. I'll say round four. Okay, that's fair. What do you think? Yeah, round four sounds about right. I mean, I he's think... just been so up and down the last few years. You do have to build in probably some. I mean, there's such a wide variance concern. in batting averages. Yeah, just yeah. Un... And that's going to carry the counting stats with it. He hit three hundred after hitting two hundred. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do? I mean, that's that's yeah. a hard guy to peg. Yeah. Uh, very difficult there. Uh, that that's gonna be some deeper diving uh, required here. Yeah. All right. So he did the Chicago Cubs. How about the Chicago White Sox? Is it a null set? Was there any good bargain? There's, uh, there, I guess Robert out earned what you paid, uh, but barely. And he's hurt now again. Which is yeah, kinda... Robert. It's, I think it's got to be Robert. Thirty-eight homers, twenty steals. That's that's a really good season. Yeah, and for where you got him, like you could get him in round four. Um, yeah, I think I, by default, basically, like you said, like other than that, I would probably be going with Mike Clevenger, who could grab off waivers and he got you a few bucks. Still um, can every once in a while. How about Dylan Cease being a negative value player on the default calculator? That's I've had him benched in yogurt the last two weeks, and I got to tell you, I two hundred strikeouts. I enjoyed seeing him get hit by the. I think it was the Royal. I had him benched against the Royals. That's how. Okay. How down on Dylan Cease I am right now. It just happened to be one of those weeks, but it's just, he's just so, ugh, so frustrating. He's an interesting one because now we're off topic a bit because we're, we're trying to be positive on this one, but he's an interesting one in that a lot of people predicted him to have massive regression and he did yep. and he did. So other people you know. said he was going to strike out 250 and be a repeat Cy Young or something like that. So, yeah, I did feel like popular opinion of actually, at least among fantasy analysts was like, I mean, all the advanced stats said this guy overachieved last year. It was just to, which to what degree did he overachieve? I don't think mm -hmm. even the pessimistic people probably thought he would be better ratio wise than he has been this year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cincinnati, the there are plenty of candidates. Uh, I think that you can narrow it down to two, though. Uh, yeah. Alexis Diaz and Spencer Spe Spencer Steer. Yeah, and I think it's got to be Steer. I mean, Diaz had a great season, but he was he was valued like going into drafts. His ADP in the main events one thirteen. Spencer Steer actually wasn't even drafted in seven main events, so ADP close to four hundred. So I think it's got to be Steer. Um, Diaz was was amazing. Um, one yeah. of many closers, you know, that exceed expectations this year, but for steer, all the multi-position eligibility, 
Yes. You know, over 20 homers. He's got 15 steals, which is really nice from a corner infield spot. Um, some ups and downs throughout the season with Steer, like month sure. to month, but month to month. But for, uh, yeah, I mean, the Reds have flashed so many, you know, interesting names into that lineup this year. He's just been probably, him and TJ Friedel have been the most consistent of them. Yep. And next year, you're going to get first, third, and outfield. Mm-hmm. If you have 15 games as your requirement, you'll get second also. Wow. Well, there you uh, go. Because he's at 16 games there. And yet, as good of a season he's had, I don't think he's all that super secure. If he has like a nope. bad start to next season, the Reds have so many guys coming out of their ears, uh, hitting, hitting wise, yep. like Cam Collier someday is going to be up there. Now I think if they trade Jonathan India, that eases a little bit, of it, but like Marte is going to be at third base. You, you know, Matt McClain's going to be at second. Ellie's going to be at short. So that yep. leaves first or the outfield for steer pretty much. And you know, that, that, I think he sticks, but I'm just saying there's there's that tiny bit of threat. And not, by the way, yeah. I haven't mentioned Jonathan India, um, you know, who I think is going to get dealt this offseason. And yeah, I think the Reds will be a team that the offseason as it plays out will really shape some of those fantasy values, right? Like, yeah, like probably a team that has such a great need for pitching and this excess of of young hitters, probably some moves will be made during the offseason and then everything will be hopefully for fantasy drafters, everything will become more clear by the time we draft. Yeah, TJ Friedel. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You go ahead. TJ Friedel's now got 18 homers. Who yeah. saw that coming? Yeah. 26 bags too. He, people did yeah. see that maybe, but yeah. Uh, and so they were drafting him for that. But what a, I mean, that's a windfall. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Abs- uh, yeah. Absolutely. He was probably second on my list. Was Friedel. Yeah. yeah. Steer got drafted even later, and like I said, in some means, not even not at all. So. Hard yeah. not to pick him. And special uh, throughout to Will Benson, too, who is yeah. not as valuable fancy because he just doesn't have the at-bats, thus the counting stats. But yeah. he's got like an 850 OPS. And he was essentially a, just a like trade my problem. Oh, we'll, we'll pawn this guy off on you sort of trade the Reds mm-hmm. made there. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah. love, love seeing things like that work out. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about Benson's old team, the Guardians. Uh I would Josh take, t- I, I, you were going to say, I thought you would say Josh Naylor. I'll go in a whole other direction and say Tanner Bybee, who was available on waivers and cost. That's true. That's a decent true. amount on waivers. And then, but was like, I, I'm a big Tanner Bybee fan. So me too. Yeah, ERA me too. around three, you know, strikeout printing. Yeah. I love the guy. You can get him off waivers. Josh, if I'm, if I'm talking about guardians who were drafted then i agree with you it's josh naylor his season just when i look at it it's it's good actually 307 batting average is good but like and his earned auction value it's it's good but like he didn't get to 20 homers the 10 steals are a nice bonus like he's just another guy this season who who stole who's like sneaky steals in this new environment but Mm -hmm. not 20 homers in the 50s for runs scored partially because the lineup's so bad but it all matters for fantasy so Anyways, I'll go with Bybee, but yeah, among drafted players, it's it's uh, Naylor. Now with Bybee, I think he goes really high next year. Like I'd say he's an SP three, maybe not a two, but a three, maybe a two. Yeah, what do you think there's he's really probably not, right? There's not. What do you do? And what do you do with Gavin like. Williams? He's probably a little. I'm gonna guess he's like a little later. Like mm-hmm. the whip wasn't as good and sample size a little smaller and everything. So I'll say Gavin Williams is, oh, people will fall in love with Gavin Williams. Like we talked about with Grayson Rodriguez. Maybe he's an SP4 or something like that. But yeah, yeah I think Bybee's like a, like I don't think he goes as high as Justin Steele because Justin Steele did it all year. 
but I think he's not that much later. I think people will really trend into him when we get to draft season. Yeah. I think when all of his right pitchers start that. rising, I think he'll be one of them. Yeah. In March. Yeah. Crazy play in the Houston, uh, Houston, Seattle game. Uh, Kyle Tucker makes a great catch. Uh, Cal, Cal rally, the, uh, you know, you know, big dumper tags up, you know, from second to third Altuve makes this horrible decision to throw to third base, like horrible. And it overthrows it into the dugout. Uh, oh. had no chance, 0.0% yeah. chance of, of getting rally at third base. There's no way. Sh- and I know he's big and slow. He's a catcher. Ha ha. He's mm-hmm. a big dumper. Yeah, no chance. It was right. a terrible decision to throw it through it in the dugout. One nothing Seattle in the bottom of the third on there. That we go. On to the Rockies. Uh, I only really anything to one. avoid the, talking about the Rockies, the most depressing team in baseball. I can see one exciting player. You got yep. him on waivers, yep. off waivers. I think Nolan we Jones. are going to agree on this. Yep. Yeah, Nolan Jones could. He probably won't, but he could have a 2020 season in just over 100 games played. Yeah, like he's got a few more days. He needs two homers and three steals. They're at home all week. It's possible. And uh, and he would finish the season with about 105 games played. So, you know, someone if you can get a 2020 season off someone on waivers in about four months or so of game action for four and a half months of game action, that's pretty impressive. So, in fact, I think he's the only option really from this pathetic team. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And he's and... an interesting guy for next year, like just in the sense that like Coors Field isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Like he's going to be helped by that next year. You'd think he would play every day. Their lineup will probably be really bad again next year. But I mean, if you can go about 2020 in about a hundred games, like you do profile as someone who could at least be 25, 25 next year, if not better. By the way, that's Nolan Jones makes two players outfielders mentioned that reportedly weren't good enough to make the guardians outfield. Um, oh, yeah. And, and how bad could they have used those players this year? I mean, they're playing Cole yep. Calhoun on the regular. They're playing Ramon yeah. Laureano. Will Brennan starts mm-hmm. for them still, mm-hmm. but they couldn't. They didn't have room for Nolan Jones. So, yeah, yeah they gave that 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 one's going to age pretty poorly. Uh, already has, and um, it's and it's actually killing them. It's not like where some teams, you know, oh, they've made this really bad trade, but you know, whatever. The team's still doing well. Like this is the exact reason that they didn't make the playoffs this year. They have tons of pitching. Yep. They couldn't hit at all. Yeah. Well, so. at least they had. I mean, they lo- they had a epidemic yes. level of pitching injuries this yeah, year. Yeah, during parts of the season, that with all these young pitchers, they had enough pitching. Like they've yeah have had have prevented runs well enough to have won that division if they could hit better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, Detroit. Um, Detroit. I think there's multiple options. I'm going to go Kerry Carpenter because he was okay. a straight up pickup. You know, he wasn't yep. drafted at all. Um, I, I think you could go torque, uh, sure. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's the, the nailer Bybee thing all over again, right? If you yeah. wanted to take torque as someone who was drafted and was a value pick, absolutely probably finishes the season with 30 home runs and about 90 RBIs and about 90 runs scored, just a bad batting average. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, Carpenter, you could pick up in some, in some leagues, you could even pick him up pretty late, like, like June and yeah. he's got 20 homers and he's hitting close to 300. So let me ask you this. What do you do with Kerry Carpenter? Next year. Yeah, he's another guy who will be totally dictated by offseason decision making from his team, right? Like mm-hmm. if he looks like he's locked into, you know, a regular role and a predictable role, I think uh, he'd like, uh, I'd say round uh, 16, something like that. I don't know. 
they've let him play against lefties a bit this year, and he's done okay. He's got about a 700 OPS against lefties. That matters. Yeah, as far as him potentially being an everyday player next year, like, and then maybe there's a scenario here where he's about 25 homers, hits for good average. I, I just don't think he's super exciting, and I don't know if the lineup's ready to actually be good next year. I'll say like round like 17. Do you think I'm too low on him? I think you might be a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, 20 homers in two thirds of a season when he wasn't playing every day. Yeah. Uh, hitting for average too. Detroit is no mean feat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think just, I'm not maybe, sure if he can do that bad up again. It's almost 350. Yeah, that's right. fair. But maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Follow up question though. Since we mentioned Torque, how early do you have to go to get Spencer Spencer Torkelson next year? Oh, too high. I won't have him, but um, I'll say someone's going to predict like that he goes to the next level, hits 40 home runs next year. So I'll say round, but he is a low average guy. I'll say round like five or six. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I won't be there at that, I think. Team context, maybe, in the ballpark. You know, he's still got his counting stats this year, 88 absolutely. and 85. Yep, I mean, absolutely. that's, that's, that's pretty deal. good. Yep, absolutely. So he's yeah. not a one-category slugger. At least this year he wasn't. Yeah, but still yep. the batting average is still an ever-present risk. The Ks yep. are still there. Yeah. Um, even with his breakout, he's hitting 232. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, special mention to uh, Reese Olson, guy that wasn't on my radar at the start of the season. Yep. It looks like he's looks just, really good. He looks really There's good. There's exciting right pitching now. in Detroit, right? Between him and Scooball and Gibson Long. Like, yeah. they have a really cool rotation early next year. And it's not like the, the two big names. It's not Manning. It's it's not, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Who's hurt? Um, <laughs> can't you? I'm, I'm blank <laughs> on his name now. Um, that's terrible. Horrible job, Jeff. Uh, but, you know, uh yeah, it's but it, it it's funny though. It's like they maybe they the found these was, yeah some of these pictures like like Gibson Long we didn't see coming results and we didn't see coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm thinking of Casey Mize was who I Casey Mize. There's the other big name. The yep. fact that I had to think about that was just oh uh, he's just become an afterthought. Yeah, he's been out yeah, for a while. That it's kind of sad and depressing. Um, <laughs> also tells you it's football season too. Yeah, maybe a little bit. No, sad and depressing for the Tigers more. Than oh, I see. Than, yeah, I yeah. Less myself. I don't for sure. I'm fine about myself. Yeah, don't get depressed over that one, John. All right, I'm fine. All right, Houston. <laughs> um, some opt for the most. Oh, it, it, the obvious bargain. One. There's an obvious bargain. Uh, uh, I had to I go would... down to the fifth best player on the team in terms of earned auction value, yeah. but it's Chaz McCormick. Yeah, I mean, Chaz McCormick. He's he's the one stolen base away from 2020. That's right, and and in 111 games going into tonight, so solid average 278 going into tonight. Um, like you talked about with Kerry Carpenter, except with the steals, you know, someone who in about a little over a hundred games is a 20 homer guy with a good batting average, except Chaz McCormick is giving you those steals too. I think he's someone who could be pretty valued, pretty well valued in next year's drafts in the sense that people like believe in Houston's lineup, assuming he has, you know, a clear deck everyday role in that lineup next year. I could see people kind of dreaming on, whatever high twenties in both categories, or maybe high twenties in homers, low twenties and steals and a good batting average. Like, like I could see him getting fairly high in drafts next year to where he goes in the, for sure in the first 10 rounds, as yeah. long as the decks clear, like I'll say like round eight or something, as long as that's a deep team sometimes. And they bring in veteran. I don't know. As long as the decks cleared for him to be a full-time player, I think he could go fairly early next year. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Uh, just it's the playing time that still concerns me. I, yep. I, I, I mean, yep. 
uh, just they, they they took forever to commit to him. And yep. it seems like they don't want to, but you know, who knows? We'll see what they do in the offseason, like you said. Absolutely. Uh, the other, you know, honorable mention. Did you know how many home runs does Yiner Diaz have? Before uh, you're already looking at the screen, probably. So I am probably so not really a fair fight, but I would not have guessed that it's 23. 23. I knew he'd been doing really well, but I would have probably guessed something in the teens. 60 RBI hitting 285, 285 as a catcher. catcher. Really good. Yeah, really good. Now, do we get catcher next year? That's something I don't know because guess what? I don't. It's, it's, I, you know, I talk about not doing well this year in some leagues. I don't have Yiner Diaz anywhere. They talk about some of these breakout guys. Don't have him. Don't have him. Uh, yeah, 58 games. 58 games. Easily yeah, makes it. Yeah, easily. Easily yeah, makes sure. it. More games there than at DH. So, yeah. Yiner Diaz, what are you awesome. going to do with him next year? He will be a pretty highly ranked catcher. I would say, I like again, assuming that he looks like he's in for a significant role, I'll say top. Top five or six. Okay. Catcher, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I can this next one's not, this next team's not too hard. The Royals. Actually, it is hard because there's no one to pick. Well, I mean, there, no, there's, there's clearly one person to pick, you know, his, his total dollar value isn't great because his stats pre KC weren't good at all. It's Cole Reagan's. Yeah. Yeah, because at least you have a stint of, you're right. He's the one I could have said my, Michael Garcia because he has more earned auction value in this, in the default calculator, but it's Cole Reagan's because you actually could use a spot in your lineup on a different pitcher for four months, then mm -hmm. stream Cole Reagan's for a couple months and get all of his value this year. And he's been awesome with the Royals. I have absolutely no idea where I want to rank him for next year, but I think he's going to be a pretty popular guy who goes first Cole Reagan's or Tanner Bybee. Bybee because of the team context, although I want to find out more about his health. You know, he, he got hurt right. at the very end of the year, it got placed yeah. on the 60 yeah. day, which means nothing. It just means he's not Reagan's or roster. Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson. Yeah, I think so too. I think people just dream on prospect status, Baltimore. I think so too. But I do I think, think Reagan's goes pretty high. I, do, I think, yeah, I think I so think. too. I think so yeah. too. Yeah. Honorable, honorable mention to Nelson <laughs> Velasquez. Uh, 17, 17 homers in 49 games, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a I mean, the Cubs never gave him a chance. Uh he always hit when he well, I guess he didn't always hit. Now I'm looking at it, but mm -hmm. um seemingly hit for the Cubs when whenever he got called up a little yep. bit or have a little bit of power. But man, oh man. Uh yep. he, he's hitting for a lot of power for the Royals here. Yeah, he's depending winning on his some fantasy leagues. Yeah, depending on his role next year, he could be one of those like guys that were writing up in sleeper articles at the beginning of the year. Like, don't sleep on this guy; he could hit thirty home runs. Yep. Don't forget. Uh, don't sleep on Vinny Pasquantino, who will be back next That's year. That's right. He will be. Um, yeah. Big, big injury, early injury, huge disappointment yeah. because of that. But yeah. uh, we're, we'll we'll continue to troll in the land of depression and talk a little angels here. Who? <laughs> um. Brandon Drury, I guess. Ugh. He's he not met, even that good. Kind of met expectations. Next. Let's just, it was Brandon Drury. Ren he had 23 homers. He has no steals. 55 yeah. runs scored. It's actually pretty pathetic, but he's eligible at a bunch of positions. He could actually be in your lineup. That makes him the win, I think, on them. You can't pick Otani because he was drafted so high. Right. Um, Ren Hifo, maybe? awful he's no i don't know he's just 16 he's, st homers yeah, uh six, six steals you're right he's about the same at least jury had 77 rbis yeah they're about the same I'll, two weeks know. of mike moustakis can i interest you in that yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, this team's man. pathetic, and they're going to trade Mike Trout and lose Otani. They're going to be rough next year. They're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball next year. Yep. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. They're going to be really rough. Okay, yeah. let's, let's move on. Let's go positive now and go back to now we'll go to the Dodgers, the total opposite end of the spectrum, an awesome team. Yep. Nice okay. week for J.D. Martinez last week. Um, you know, J.D. Martinez has 31 homers in 107 games after yeah, having 16 he, all of last yeah. year. He's been awesome. Awesome on a per game basis. The injuries at his age are a concern going into next year. Um, but he's been awesome, but he's not my pick. Would he be your pick? He's not my pick. Uh, well, I'm going to say no, because he doesn't give you the bags and the position. The, and he was drafted that... like respectively high, not high, but are you going to go out, man? Yeah, I'm going to go out, man. Could get to 40 and combine homers and steals. 80 runs, he's over 80 runs scored. And he's someone who I, I know for a fact he was on waivers in our labor league at the beginning of the season. Maybe that's because yeah. we draft pretty early. Yeah. Um, we didn't know he'd make the team. That's um, right. We drafted before spring training. That's so. right. Yeah. But even in the main event, 355 ADP, even on a really famous team like the Dodgers. So, um, you know, where, where prospects are generally, you know, well-known, don't slip through the cracks, you know, in yeah. fantasy circles. But anyways, he had a cool season too, in the sense that he got off to this amazing start, then totally bottomed out. And it looked like, oh, this guy's a flash in the pan. Pitchers have figured him out. Then the Dodgers stuck with him. He battled back and yep. continued to stay in their lineup. So what are you doing with him next year? Um, is he still in a platoon next year? Probably. Uh, is he still I think, in a platoon next yes. year? He's still got a 459 at bats going into today. He He's been yep. getting platooned less lately. I yeah, feel that's like. true. Actually, I, I it's true. So I'm, I'm being a little too harsh. He has 150 plate appearances against lefties. He just hasn't done much with them. He has a 660 OPS, one homer in those 150 plate appearances against lefties. He is hitting 252 in those matchups. So he's not like totally like a sink, like on your fantasy team or on the Dodgers when he play, faces lefties. But um, uh, I would say, okay, how about this? James Outman versus Chaz McCormick. Uh, I'm going to go out, man. I think I'm going to go McCormick. So I think we found about where they go in drafts. Okay. Yeah. I think Outman could, is more of a prospect. So I could see him going earlier. Outman, because he's got the lefties problem. McCormick doesn't have as much of an obvious problem. I think he, he could go, he might be my preferred person if they both, you know, have a clear path to playing time. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. But there, I think we just found out where they go in drafts somewhere around each other. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very yeah. good. Always good. Uh, bonus mentioned to Bobby Miller. Uh, yep. you know, he and, and then, and then late, late season, of course, Pepio. Pepio, who yep. was awesome again today. Ryan Pepio has got like a negative value in a court is he was, you know, he was, he wasn't very good initially uh, and just was hurt. You know, he's, this is only, wow. It's only his force. Well, he, he didn't, he didn't start the game. It's only his seventh appearance today, but mm-hmm. man, nine K's today. You, you, you didn't get that many wins. You only got two wins. So that kind of drags on a little bit there, but what a September pickup. If you were able yep. to snag him. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, one more before we uh, share a little note from one of our partners and maybe we'll start picking up the pace. Probably not. We always promise we will. And then we never do. Miami, this is a little bit of a cheat because he wasn't on Miami all season. But for me, it's got to be Jake Berger. Got to be Jake Berger. Jeff, without looking, and you probably don't have it up right now, how many main event leagues was Jake Berger drafted in? I'll say one. 
It, you are exact. You're looking. I can't even. No, I'm not. I, I swear right. to God, I'm not. One browser league. check. I'm looking at how many homers he has this season. <laughs> One league pick 400. I can't. I'm not. I don't even have time right now, live on the air here, to decide if if that person actually kept him to the point where he became right. you know, valuable. Because, uh, but anyways, yeah, probably Dude, I picked hit- him up in AL Tout Wars and then dropped him because yeah. he got sent back down. He will probably hit 35 uh. home runs this year. Um, he did well before he was on Miami. He did well after he was on Miami. Yeah. He's he hit some of the, the biggest homers in Miami. Yep. Uh, Miami's had this year. I wouldn't say Miami history cause they've won two world series, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Huge. I, so my, I'm having a horrible year in AL tout wars. I think I'm still in last. Um, I, and it, it's cause of things like drafted and then dropped Bailey over picked up Jake Berger in like week two and then dropped him cause he got sent back down. Missed out on all the fun. Uh, just like all of these tragic decisions. Just a bad, bad, no good, awful season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know we want to pick up the pace, but I will mention Tanner Scott. Yes. Is a waiver good wire. Year. Nine wins, 10 saves, 100 strikeouts. That 75 is innings of 2.381082. As good as a middle reliever season gets, or it, whatever it you is. want to call them, part time closer season gets. Anyways, go hit the fireman. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Miami deserves the extra love. I mean, they, they have these yep. breakout guys here. Braxton Garrett, too. Remember, yep. Braxton Garrett got utterly destroyed by the Braves. They left him yep. in to wear it. He's sitting yep. at 353 yeah. People are going to be grumpy about his name this week because they are thinking they're going to get two starts and now they're only going to get one because of this rain out. But still, yeah. heck of a season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, share some news uh, from our friends at Home Run Index. We know the weather can impact how ball- far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10. One being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable error. There's a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. I wonder what they said about Cleveland and Cincy today with all the homers in that game. Crazy, crazy, crazy Mm -hmm. game. Um, Okay, we covered Miami. We are halfway through the major leagues. Milwaukee. um, Lots of candidates here as well. You know, we have the return to glory of Christian Yelich. We have Freddie Peralta return to glory. Uh, Carlos Santana, a, a free guy at the end of drafts, being worth $10 this year. Who did you go with? I'll go with Santana. It's pretty boring because he's not that exciting in your roster. But like you said, he was free at the end of drafts. He was sitting on waivers in leagues in April. Um, mm-hmm. And he's been fine. Like in a 15-team league, he's valuable. In a 12-team league, I probably wouldn't pick him because he's probably too a little fringy. So I'd probably take Christian Yelich coming back into form, scoring 100 runs. Maybe he'll get the 30 steals. But yeah, anyways, I purely mathematical basis i'll take santana off waivers yeah but that's i have cool. a ale only team that's made a good run in the second half and a lot of that's due to freddie peralta also so i want to give him okay. some love uh he's, he's been really good and you know in a year where a lot of our pitchers have failed us he mm-hmm. didn't uh yep. you know uh burns has been worth a little bit more but you paid more for him 
Yeah. Uh, Woodruff, you know, you paid a ton for him and missed a big chunk. He's been great down the stretch too. The reason why the Brewers won the division that you got the, those big three there. Yep. It's that's a hell of a yep. start. Wade Miley's been good. Uh, sneaky nine wins, three twenty and eleven one point one two seven whip. That'll pay a lot of bills too for for the cost of low low cost of nothing. Yeah, yes, that's true. Like you said, the pitching, I mentioned earlier in the season that I thought the Brewers would pitch their way into the playoffs. Yep. No matter how much we complicate talking about baseball and how long, much people talk about it, it still comes down to if you look at the teams who lead the majors in ERA, the Brewers are second. Um, most of them are either in the playoffs or like fighting for a spot. Where this right, is. unless their offense is like Cleveland and historically bad. That's yep. right. They are eighth in ERA. So yeah. And San Diego's fourth, actually. So uh there are some. There's always gonna be some. But again, most of the teams that have a good ERA and the Brewers are second are either in it are gonna make the playoffs. Speaking of which, uh the Minnesota Twins, driven by pitching, their top yes. four valued players are all pitchers. Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Joan Duran. I gotta say that Gray's the guy because you yeah. paid the least for him. For sure. Yeah. Gray's the guy way more durable than people were expecting. He's over, he's at 180 innings. Um, yeah, he's the guy and the, and the hitting on the twins is so underwhelming. That's one of the reasons all the pitches are up so high. We have to go all the way down to Max Kepler for their top value earned and, and Willie Castro second. How about that? If you want wanted to win a bar bet, like the two most valuable fantasy hitters on the twins this year are Max Kepler and Willie Castro. The right. third one's Michael Taylor. Yeah, that and is, that's just because of accumulation factors there. Absolutely. You know? Like but if yeah. you said before the season that those would be the three most valuable hitters on the Twins in fantasy, you know, someone would say, well, they're never making the playoffs then. I think you can make a pretty darn good argument for Royce Lewis for the Absol- amount of time oh, he played. It's yeah, just that he's had multiple IL stints, including yeah. this last week, uh, sure. which is just kind of hurt, been hurtful. But he was a sweet pickup. Of all the prospecty pickups, He's delivered as much as anybody, 309, 15, 52, even six bags. Didn't expect him to run much at all. It's just, he even after the call-up, he's gotten hurt a couple of times. And that that's just mm-hmm. the thing. How early are you going to draft Royce Lewis? He probably goes before any of these other players on the Twins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think Royce Lewis will go pretty high. I think people will be into him. I can say like rounds four, five. Something yeah. like that. I think people will be really into um, Royce Lewis. How about this with the pitcher, too? We picked Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray or Grayson Rodriguez? Mm. I'm going to go Sonny Gray. And I know yeah. I'm, I, I just, I think he's a little bit more stable. The, the, he got he's eight so wins much this safer, year. except that there's are still lingering injury concerns. I feel like with him, there are, and they'll, they're, they're going to manage him. So he gets six, five, six innings a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Most pitchers are that way. So yeah. it's fine. It's a total fluke that he has eight wins this year. I just, Uh, yeah, I I want to keep railing on that because it's cost us. I had him in a couple of places and he could have been worth a hell of a lot more with a normal distribution of wins. Uh, Mets meet the Mets. Um, the mess, uh, Cody Sanga, Cody Sanga. Yep. Yep. I don't, I think that's actually pretty easy. Yep. He'll go high in drafts next year. Might get to 200 strikeouts this year. Yeah, I think between this with this being such a successful season, the strikeout rate being so high, yeah, he'll he'll be a he'll be an SP two I think on teams next year. I don't know if he's an ace, but he'll be an SP two I think on some teams next year. What are you going to do with Francisco Alvarez? Great run for a while, then a historic yeah. slump. Now he's kind of stabilized, but we're talking about a, a super young guy that was learning on the job defensively and still hit twenty three homers in his first season in the majors. Yeah. Um, 
I think he'll be. I I don't think he'll be on my team. I think he'll be like a like in two catcher fifteen team leagues, like a round twelve type guy with the potential, obviously to to be really valuable, but we're not sure. So I think he'll be kind of like in that second wave of catchers. Like once we've got like six or seven, I, mean, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit, but the batting average is so low. I think once we get about six or seven catchers off the board, he'll be in the next group. Yeah. Yiner Diaz or Francisco Alvarez. I think you got to take, I think you got to take Diaz in the, in the batting average. Okay. I know Alvarez has the name, but I think like, Nick I think you'll get him cheaper. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Unless the like yeah. the Astros part ways with Martin Maldonado, uh, right. if that if that and happens, say we're turning this thing over heavy workload. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. then and we're going to commit to him Diaz yeah. being our catcher. Then yeah, well, that'll change. Uh, yeah, that'll, that, that's the exception to that. Yeah. All right, Yankees. Yankees. Who do you got? I got Michael King. Actually, there's not much to like on the Yankees this year. Like the Yankees yeah. had high expectations coming into the year and didn't meet them. So neither did a lot of their players. Uh, Michael King was a really good reliever and you could use him in 15 team leagues. And now down the stretch, he's shown that he can be a really good starter. He's going to be in the rotation next year. I think people will be really digging him next year. I think some of it will depend on what the Yankees say as far as an innings total for him. He's going to end up throwing about a hundred innings this year. So what people say for an innings, what the Yankees say for letting him, how far they're going to let him go next year, if they divulge that in spring training. But I think he'll be like a mid round pick that people are pretty excited about. How many people got the full extent of his stats, though? I mean, between mm-hmm. role and injury, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think you're he's going to be a guy that, you know, people didn't optimize very Absolutely. well. And might, might stay, some will stay away from him. I think, like, I think program uh, projection systems may not look too kindly upon him just because of the lack yep. of accumulated innings. We'll see about Probably. that. Probably, yep. Um, true. I'm going to have to be, like, aware of that and make sure I don't, like, automate. Um, yep. uh, Oakland. Okay. I think this one's actually easy. Uh, Brent Rooker, yeah, got him off yeah, waivers. He's gonna hit. He probably will hit 30 home runs this year. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not nothing amazing. The rest of his stats are not great, so he's not an amazing value. But again, off waivers, 30 home runs, can't complain. Yeah, that's fair. Valid yeah. point. And uh, there's no one else. No, there isn't. There isn't. No. You know, and Brent Rooker has done a lot lately. By the way, I, did, I think sorry? it's kind of gone under the radar. Last 21 days, he has six homers. Sorry, who did you say has six homers? Rooker. Oh, Rooker. Yes. He he's another guy who kind of ups and downs. I mentioned that with James Outman. Like Rooker was good and then not good and then has recovered, you know, didn't totally. I could have also mentioned Zach Geloff in the sense that you could pick him up around midseason. He's played 63 games. He's got a he's gonna go, he'll be the first A's dra- player draft. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 63 games and a combined 27 homers and steals, evenly balanced. Like that's you can dream on. I, I'm not predicting it, but you could dream on a 30-30 season from him next year. You Just could. prorating things and not even prorating them, you know, to their fullest extent. One guy you probably can't count on for next year who's actually sneaky been pretty valuable is Trevor May. Yeah, but I don't think well, yeah, I don't think I, I won't I even if he's their closer at the start of next year, I won't predict six months of him. No, I agree. In but that four wins yeah. and twenty saves, yep. that, that that's pretty handy. Just not getting yep. any days at all. Yeah, you know, for and, sure. You know, races are just meh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Phillies. Uh hmm. Nick Castellanos. Castellanos bat seventh in that lineup, and he, I, I early on he couldn't buy a homer. He's sitting at twenty nine one oh six with eleven yeah. stolen bases. He's my yeah, guy, Castellanos. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the, the Phillies are interesting. You can see why they are going to be in the playoffs. They just have a lot of players who have returned $15 or more. Bryson Scott um, is the other guy we got to mention. That's right. He's had, he, those are the two Alec Baum too, I think has exceeded expectations a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, not really, maybe a little bit. He has more RBIs than we expected. At least but. you paid something for Castellanos. Stott was like a yes. 20th round type of guy. Yep. And you've got 30 steals out of him. Yeah. And 30 steals. two positions also. Yeah. Yeah. So he could have been, he could have been, he's my guy as well. Okay. I like it. Um, I like it. Yeah. Pitching wise. Notice we're not mentioning pitchers here. Wheeler's been fine. He's been fine. Everyone else. Matt Stram, great value pick nine wins and a hundred over a hundred strikeouts. How many of them were active? (laughs) I've had him actually in my labor lineup almost the whole season. Oh, in my face. Just cause like, it's so hard to find starters on waivers. So I, once he was doing well, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to leave him. Brandon Marsh would get an honorable mention, but it was all front loaded. Yeah, um, absolutely. You almost almost all of his production was in the first half of the season. Yeah, and everybody sure. predicted that he he would fall, and everybody was right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, they still don't have a set closer this deep into the season. Yeah. I think Jose Alvarado is their best reliever right now, but it was Jeff Hoffman for a while. Yeah. Uh, guy that you know they they pulled a raise and just kind of took somebody off the scrap heap and made him really good. So yeah. good for them. Yeah. All right, Pittsburgh. What do we say? Jack Sawinski. Yeah, I could I could dance to that. Mitch Keller. Yeah, although there were always he always had his partisans, but yeah, absolutely. And his ERA isn't even that great, but still. Well, it's not. He was more of a partial season thing. I'll say Jack Sawinski because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's only drafted in about half of main event leagues. Drafted and, and cut, and then picked yeah. up, and then cut. He hasn't had an awesome season, but he's got twenty six homers and thirteen steals. It's been pretty good. Um, so I'll take him. And you're not going to draft him next year. Uh, maybe late. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he'll, late. He'll be uh, at least he plays sort of type of guy. I'll deal yeah. With, I get some cheap. And I power. get counting stats from him if I go out a team where I'm feeling pretty good about my batting average going into the late rounds or something. Maybe he's mm-hmm. a guy or just if I need. You know what? He's an outfielder, and I have found outfielders really hard to come yes. by this year. It's fair. It's a very so fair point. I might load up on them on my bench next year a little bit. Yep. And yep. maybe downgrade middle infielders. Yeah, because we keep yep. on mentioning middle infielders, including yeah. our next team, San Diego. It's easy. It's Hassan Kim. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention to Blake Snell because he's oh, been insane. Yeah. yeah. But how do we not Kim. pick the Cy Young guy? Eh? That's a tough one. But because he was he was drafted in the top 10 rounds. Everybody drafted drafted pretty high. Yeah, yeah, pretty high. Not super high, but you're right. Kim, 17 homers, 36 steals. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's Kim as well. Yep. But. Blake Snell not getting the win last night was the perfect illustration of why the Padres aren't making the playoffs. You know, yeah. another close loss, another yeah. case where they couldn't get the game to Hater because he yeah. can only pitch the ninth. Yeah, uh, that's going to be an interesting situation to see where he lands next year. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, because he's in a perfect spot except for the fact that they can't get win games in extra innings yeah. or or get games to him. They're terrible in one run and terrible in extra innings. Uh, a lot of dishonorable mentions on this team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't get to where they're at. Although a lot of these players have been, yeah, disappointing, like Tatis, some of these guys, but not total cuts or anything like that. Um, Tatis is fine. He's not the problem. Uh, he's fine. He's a $24. He's $24 on this. Like when you took him in the second round, knowing he was going to miss the first few weeks of the season, like I think you're expecting a little better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Machado has been a disappointment a little bit. They're all a little disappointing. Tatis is a little disappointing. Machado is a little disappointing. Xander Bogarts could still have a 2020 season, but he's also a little disappointing. 
I yeah. think was what you were expecting is 55 RBIs. Like he's a little disappointing. I'd like you said, that. hey, and then some of the, you know, Musgrove obviously struggled mm-hmm. with health and yeah, just a, a season to forget in San Diego. There's lots of talent there. They're not the LA angels going into a deep rebuild, but a season to forget for them. Let me ask you this. What do you do with Machado next year? How far does he fall? He was going I think around he has the enough name turn. value to stay in round three. That's a drop. Uh, I know. Yeah. Oh, he's got a drop. I think he's got yeah. a drop. I agree. So, but I think maybe round four, maybe enough guys that are young get helium and he falls to round four, actually, when we really sit back and look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But it gives enough name value at least to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Seattle. Seattle. The silence. Yeah, because it, it, everybody that's their top earner, their top earners are all expected, right? Yeah. So I'm guess I'm going JP Crawford. Yeah, that's a yeah. Seven dollars on the surprise. default calculator. He's going to score. He's at 91 runs scored. Yeah. Um, he's not good. He's still fringy. He I, like my default guy is just your utility guy in and out of the lineup guy in a 15 team league, 17 home runs, and in a 12 team mixer, he's like in and out of the waiver wire. I mean, he's Absolutely. picked up when you have a good week, when he has a good week lined up, and then he's mm-hmm. cut when you don't need him. Um, yeah. Uh, the fact that we were both like, hmm. I don't know. It was going to be could, Kelnick after his start to the season. And then that fizzled pretty fast. And then he fought the, fought the trash can and the trash can won, or the Gatorade jug. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Point is I he fought say, an inanimate object. I actually could say Luis Castillo, who's one of the highest pitchers on like over in all of baseball on the earned yeah. auction value calculator. And was his ADP in the main events 44, which in the main event end of the third round, like you're looking at, you're probably about SP about 15. Yeah, and so, now he's going to be like SP five. Yeah, that's right. So actually, I'll say him because the JP Crawford. That's, that's just sad. So I'll say Luis Castillo. <laughs> that's just sad. Yeah, it, it's not a bad. It's just because it's <laughs> not like they're just not getting the breakout guys. That's all. That's uh, right. I mean, all the young, like everybody expected Kirby and Gilbert to be good. You know how good? You it's, know, that's, it, that's you're right. This is a team that season basically went according to Hoyle, where they were supposed to be a fringe playoff team. They are a fringe playoff team. The players yeah. who were supposed to play well mostly have, and the players who weren't mostly haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, even like Andres Munoz, like, okay, they trade away Seawall. Mm-hmm. He's going to to the moon now. No. Yeah. He's got 13 saves. Yeah. Not, yeah. not to the moon. Fine, Matt Brash has nine mean. wins. If you picked up Matt Brash yeah. and left him active all year, you got over 100 yeah. strikeouts and nine wins. So they, he's yeah. kind of, he, and he's still in that hybrid role, though. Yep. Absolutely. All right. San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> actually oh no actually i think this one's not too hard i think it's actually logan webb because yeah again, for the price. logan yeah. webb was drafted as an sp2 and then quietly pitched at an ace level like he's at 20 dollars. <coughs> oh, actually he was drafted more of an sp3 his main event adp was 110 i would have guessed if i would have oh, said like low? eight i would have said 80 yeah. it's 110 yeah so, yeah. so he's actually so at $20 and we, we know what starting pitcher inflation is like in the main. So I pick 110, $20, it's actually a really good value pick. Went at um, 92 in my main, my Vegas main. There I you go. Highest ground ball rate in baseball among qualified pitchers by a long shot. Most innings um, too, right? Yeah. He's, he's this year's workhorse. He's almost like this year's uh, Sandy Alcantara, like to way you know the most innings not a great strikeout rate but a lot of strikeouts because he threw so many innings and then and then not incredible but really good ratios 
do you want to have that comp if you want if you have web that's the problem <laughs> nope <laughs> when i'm drafting for next year i will be in on web i think he will be someone who i will at least rank competitively i typically like pitchers who have those elite ground ball rates sure I good park that. i think i think i will probably be in on him uh, we'll see what direction the giants go in but the giants usually aren't terrible like i don't no. think they'll try to be i don't think they'll let themselves be terrible so i think they'll at least be okay yeah yeah, we'll see. But I think I'll be in on him. At where, I don't think his ADP will be super high. Like, I think people will be a little bit wary of him. Yeah. Uh, here's another team with a lack of pleasant surprises is the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, if you go by the dollars, it's Nolan Gorman. But for sure. I, I can't tell you the last time I heard a whole lot about him. You know, all, a lot of his production's front-loaded, isn't it? It was. Although it went, I, he's another guy, I think, and I guess this is just the way baseball seasons go, but um, yeah, 872 OPS in April, 955 in May. So he's amazing. Yep. 439 in June. So he's completely unplayable. People are dropping him. 944 in July comes fully <laughs> back. Seven homers and 18 RBIs in July. And then things kind of went blah after that. 628 in August, 900 so far in September. This guy's been up and down all over the map. Uh, but the overall results, 27 homers, seven steals, batting average, at least something to be desired. He's been, he's been good. This is, this is a bit of a step forward though, for Gorman overall, the, a lot of ups and downs, but uh, as far as fantasy goes, like he's someone who was, was sitting on waivers sometimes in some leagues, you know, during draft season, cause we weren't really sure. I feel like what was going to happen to him and what his role was going to be. So I'm just going to pull up his main event ADP. See if it's as low as I remember it. It is. He wasn't even drafted in every single league. It's about 400. And... So, yeah. To get $10 player who started the season on waivers in some leagues, that's pretty good. Yeah. By the way, I've got uh, the Grid Channel on and uh, on DirecTV, and they had a conference on the mound for the Giants and Padres game. This uh, pitcher, Hijel, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, okay. yep. towers over everybody. They had a meeting okay. at the mound, and he was like – at least six to eight inches taller than everybody. Wow. So like they're like looking up to him, trying to hold up and whisper to him. But you know, it was like, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of surreal watching it there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyways, just thought it you know, total aside there. Yeah. All right. So St. Louis, hard to find a bargain. You got the other problem with Tampa Bay. It was too wow. many guys to choose from. But like, one, I think to me, one who stand the one who stands out is, is obviously Josh Lowe. Like he's the most valuable player on the default calculator and he was not drafted in every main event. Like he but was by a dollar. Yeah, but Zach he was Evans. drafted in 48. He was only, dra- he was, he's an ADP of 400. Yandy Diaz was like 350 though, wasn't he? Yep. Something Isak like that. Uh, Yandy, was... Oh no, Yandy Diaz was 260. Okay. What about Isak Paredes? Thought about him. Um, his... Yeah. What was he, his ADP? How many? How uh, many higher than after? higher than Josh Lowe. It's 300. Okay. And he was picked, obviously, in every league. So Josh Lowe was the latest pick by far and has the most value. So yeah, Paredes was drafted in every league. I'm surprised yeah. at that, actually. Me he too. Has 30 homers. He does. 30. Some of these, yeah, some of the stat lines for some of these players on the Rays, like him, 30 homers, Josh Lowe over 30 steals. He could be a 20 30 guy. Um, and then the Diaz, Diaz is, obviously, with the batting average. And, and 28. Homers. 328, yep. 522 at bats this year, too. You got yep. a lot of plate appearances, too. Yep. Yep. Wow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Rays are doing Rays things again. It's, it's, they're the Rays. Yep. 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 And Absolutely. they find guys like Harold Ramirez to contribute and hit 308 with 11 homers. You know, Fairbanks is a stud, got another save. He's been huge down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just how about the Rays? Like, 
like we're not going to get into the storyline of the whole thing, but how many teams could survive losing a key player like Wander Franco at a, you know, whatever. And, and, and their top three starters. Yes. And just like, just keep rolling, still battling Baltimore for the first place in the American league. I mean, they're not probably not going to get it, but they're right there. Like they did not fall off. Like I have to believe that my blue Jays and a lot of other teams, if they lost, if the Jays lost Bo Bichette, when the Rays lost Wander Franco, if the Jays lost two or three of their starters, like they would be nowhere near a playoff spot. You know, like good for the race for the, the losses they've, they've endured for all sorts of reasons. And the fact that team can still hit still oh, losing Shane McClanahan, obviously. Yeah. It was the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Rays every year. They don't make excuses. They just keep trying just to find ways to, uh, to solve yep. the problem. Absolutely. This next one's interesting. Texas. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, absolutely. So uh, all the good players did the good things that they're supposed to do. Um, but degree, I mean, I think yeah. like Corey Seager yeah. and if he had played a full season, just think about dream on those stats a little bit there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say Jonah Heim. I feel like he's had a good year. He missed yeah. some time with injury, but Josh Young he, too. Yeah. I thought of him, but he just missed so many games that I wasn't going to pick him. Jonah Heim has 92 RBIs as a catcher. Yeah. It's gotta be him. I yeah. feel, so I feel like it's just gotta be, gotta be him. He could be, a top, he should should be probably a top five fantasy catcher next year. I was just gonna. That was gonna be my next question. Somewhere around there, I think. Yep. So Absolutely. it's it's interesting. The top five catchers this this year: William Contreras, Adley Rushman, Real Muto, Heim, and Cal Rally. Yeah. Will Smith's right there too. But uh, yeah, yeah. Heim, and so I feel is, like Will. I feel like Will Smith, Real Muto, and Rushman off the top of my head would probably be the top three for next year. Yep. Rushman is, the real is deal. gonna be pretty high too. I mean, people believed in his bat. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree with that. He, I, I, I would just off the top of my head put him next. And then yeah. I think some guys like Heim come in the next group of like five yeah. to eight. Sal Perez, we haven't even mentioned. Um, he is getting up there. There just seems to be some bumps and bruises a lot with him late this year, but um, but yeah, anyways, I think Heim's in that next group of like I said, like from about five to eight or so. And the Rangers had nine guys that earned po- double-digit positive yeah. values. I mean, that's yeah. – and one of those is Avaldi, who hasn't done much lately. Um, Jordan Montgomery was really good with them. A special yeah. mention to him. He's been yep, really good. Absolutely. He's trade. had a really good, solid fantasy season for sure. Yep. 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 Um, even like Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver has 19 homers. Yeah. If Depending on true? how this all plays out with Garver, with Haim, if they're both on Texas, if they're not, whatever, like they could both be picked as number one catchers. Yeah. And this is a team year. that got like, got six starts out of Jacob deGrom and they just kept yep. plugging away. Another team yep. that kind of like the Rays. Now they, they did add at the deadline more yes, than, they did. than the Rays, but yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Evaldi great, but then lost him and then kept rolling, kept surviving at least. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, the Rays did their thing and got the one key acquisition in Savali. And then yep. they also like they got free acquisitions like Robert Stevenson and Jake Diekman, who yeah. were just absolutely free, which is just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. All right. How about your Jays? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Whit Merrifield, right? That's I think. I think so. Um, or yeah. Barrios. I thought about Brios. I thought about Brios. I think I might take Brios. I just have a quick look at at least at ADP to see if I'm off, if I remember where these guys were picked accurately. But I feel like Barrios and Merrifield went in similar spots. Barrios went later a little bit, about 50 picks later. So I'll take Barrios. I think yeah. getting a pitcher of his value, I think he's been as valuable as Merrifield this year. He was available later. 
I think we've named more hitters than pitchers as we've gone through the teams. So I'm going to go with Brios. Kikuchi is an interesting one too. He's only a few dollars behind Brios and Kikuchi was like free. He was last round pick. 353. Yep. Yep. He's last round pick. And when you look, put their stats side by side, Kikuchi's are worse, but not by much. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. $4 less. How about Dalton Varsho is a $3 player. That is gross. I don't want to talk now. About it. At least you got him at catcher, so it's less gross. Yeah, but for sure. still, the price you paid but for next it. year when that catcher eligibility goes, this guy's going to go from having been like a third round pick in some leagues this year to mm-hmm. like a bench player. Yep, next year. All right, yeah. final team. Final um, team. and it's actually uh, I think know, this there's two candidates. Yeah, easy but hard. Yeah, you could yeah. pick Lane Thomas or you could pick C.J. Abrams. It goes back to the probably draft versus waivers because there are some leagues where you can pick up Abrams during the season. Yeah. On waivers. Um, and Thomas has just been great uh, himself. So I guess I'll say Abrams because he was even cheaper. And No, not according to ADP, he wasn't. But he was dropped. All, yeah, you're right. He was all, uh, you're right. No, he wasn't. You're right. He went earlier in ADP. I guess it's just that. Um, He'll go earlier like, next year. There's no oh, doubt about yeah. that in my mind. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So I'm going to go Lane. I'm going to go Lane Thomas. Especially because we were talking, we we're trying to find outfielders. Yep. Plus 23 points of batting average, nine yep. extra homers, yep. 22 more RBI. It's just I'm Abrams only, in fact, Abrams only wins stolen bases, but he wins it by yeah, a pretty wide margin. Yeah. 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 And the rest of that team's pretty sad. Manessis didn't really meet expectations. Just the power wasn't there. He didn't um, kill you though, but yeah. Everything else was fine. Just we were expecting, thir- we were expecting 25 homers and got 13. Yeah. He was fine. Yeah. He, what's funny about Manessis is we thought, I think everyone thought he was either going to be like great or like maybe not even, it was for the full Frank Schwindel comparison. Mm-hmm. He'd either be great or not even on the team all year. Yeah. And he was actually ex- <laughs> neither. He's just there getting his, what will probably be 90 RBIs, but everything else is pretty, pretty blah. Yeah. Does he so, play play overseas next year just to finish up the comparison? Just to finish the, the comparison? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. He's yeah, better he's than earned, that. He's earned a major league role. Yeah, and he was better in the second half. Like he had like yep. four homers yep. at the break because he think. had no. Yeah, he had no home runs for a while. Yep. So, yeah, that was rapid fire. We said we were going to do rapid fire, and we did. We kept All up right. a good pace there. And we did. Any parting yeah. thoughts? Since this is our last pod together for the season, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to cheer for your Reds for the rest of the week. I'll cheer for my Jays for the rest of the week. Fair enough. I'll I have a hunch same. that neither one of them will be playing. I have a hunch, bad feeling that neither one will be playing baseball by Canadian Thanksgiving, which is the following weekend. Uh, okay. They'll both, both be uh, both be done by then. So, are you going to take a long break from baseball after this? Sink yourself into football. Come back to it in a month or two. Uh, I'm going to take a break from talking about it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to start the yeah. projection process soon. I think. Yeah. Um, I, that's my big thing this year is I want to get an earlier start. Yeah. Um. We have a, a a real season of data this year, so that helps. Yep. Uh, yep. I felt like I'm excited about that, and, and I am too. And I think that the way we did things this past year, I won't dive too much into the details, but a lot of like the three-year weighted averaging was done kind of automated a little bit, and then I tweaked accordingly. Yep. And yep. I felt like I delayed that process a little too much, and I missed mm-hmm. maybe diving into some details. So, mm-hmm. kind of want to get back into it a little bit more earlier, and maybe mm-hmm. go like a team a day sort of thing. Yeah. Um, at least on the first pass. And then, so that way I'm not like, it's not December. Oh, I haven't done. Uh, there's only one more week to do gladiator drafts. I want to maybe mm-hmm. do a couple of them this year and be a little yeah. bit more prepared for them and just get a, an earlier jump on everything. Cause I felt like this was, I've got some leagues I'm going to win, but it was not my best year and I want to do better. 
Yeah. And I think for everyone who wasn't, this wasn't their best year. I think that's very fair with all the new rules and everything else. Now it's yeah. time to digest it and no excuses next year for all of us. Right. And then yeah. we'll adjust to the automated strike zone being implemented on like March 17th or something like that. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. We'll be, we'll be looking into catcher frame rates and things yeah. like that. But Yeah, that's probably and, what will And Phil Dussault will have already done it, Um, and he, he will be way ahead of the curve anyhow. He, yes, exactly. There you go. Yeah. So. All right, that's going right. to wrap up tonight's show and the Tuesday Night Pod. Uh, we got This is my last pod of the season, actually, because I'm traveling Thursday, so Christopher okay. Crawford's going to be hosting for me. So big thanks to everybody uh, listening all season long. Coming up tomorrow, James Anderson. James is doing podcasts every single week, so – don't worry, we will still have baseball podcasts in the offseason all the time. Uh, but I'll, we'll be, you know, we're, Fred and I are going to jump in some point this offseason. Jensen and I will too. And maybe I'll just jump in on my own as well too, because I, I, I can't stay away too long. But uh, Fred, as always, fun season doing with you. Looking forward to doing many more. Yeah, for sure. I loved it. Can't wait to run it back again next year. Right on. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good luck in your leagues. Good luck to your respective playoff hunting teams, unless they're against the Reds. Take care. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.